0: what's up everybody i go by the name of domo
1: and i go by the name of yoshko
0: we sit with entrepreneurs and artists across disciplines to share their stories insight and gems their journey will inspire you to think about community and your own narrative how it shapes who you are and what your legacy will be you're listening to no blueprint
1: no blueprint no blueprint no blueprint
0: you are listening to no blueprint
1: rango i'm shot and like he's he's like lean falls on me to hold him and then he's too, he's a big Samoan, right. so then I couldn't hold him and I just like lay him on the ground and blood is coming out of his chest and his hand and he's then he's like and he was still on point though too he was like he, he reached into his jacket go hold my gun <laughs> so he still remember you know I don't know maybe it's a hot piece or something yeah. it's like damn bro alright so I put it in my pocket and we're holding him and everyone stops fighting because someone just got shot right. you know so and then all of a sudden I don't know what happened but the the cops were already there, a detective. They're just like watching our club. I don't even know why. Okay. And they they charge and tackle the guy. That my boy. Do you mean my, you my, don't know why. Well, we were, we we're probably <laughs> <laughs> we we're probably hot boys, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, we we're hot boys. I don't know. So he got arrested, and then we were. So then I was like, F, I got I got a I got a piece on me. So while all this is going on, I run into the back of the club and I throw the piece into the bushes, yeah. you know. And then I come back and then. Um, Everyone's around him, and uh, and then so we're in the hospital, we're in the Mercy Room now, and it's like four in the morning, and then his wife's there with his kid, and Damn. we thought he's he's gonna pass, right? Yeah. And then she's crying, and we're all in the room like, dude, and then that's when I knew that God said, uh, "Can you hear me now?" Right. Right. Then I was like, "All right, I'm done, I'm, I'm out," and that was my cl- last club night. That's why I got out. That's real, yeah. And well, he's, then he survived. Yeah, nice. he, he he got out of. Shout from, out to Pete. Shout out to Big Pete. No, he he got out of security, and I got out of the club at hey, the
0: same He time. was like, "I'm done." <laughs> <laughs> I'm
1: yeah. Rango don't pay me enough to uh, do this.
0: Mm-mm, I thought I was, I thought I was gonna be the first to see uh, the folks that came in. I didn't, I didn't sign up for this. Yeah, for
2: real. Um, Actually, I bring up uh, Rango starting real estate, I remember because you still worked at the catering truck sometimes, sometimes. Mm-hmm. and I would help out sometimes. So I remember Rango and I were on the catering truck, and he told me. That day when he thought about his real estate company Mm. and the structure of it, and he told me he couldn't sleep that night I remember clearly like yo, I got this new idea this real estate company And you're like this is how it's gonna you know the structure and everything and I remember that day. That's crazy.
0: That's crazy. That's crazy. You're still in real estate Mm -hmm. doing big things You're still on YouTube doing big things so Tell me, like, what lessons from your mother and the catering truck do y'all bring to your hustles, like today?
2: I remember there's one time I had a birthday party and my girlfriend had bought a cake that was too big, and uh, we had leftover uh, cake. And my mom, she took that cake, cut it up, and sold it on the catering truck. <laughs> the <next day. laughs> And it wasn't even, like, a question. Like, I was just like, all right. <laughs> you know I mean? like she was like, no, you're not going to have any more of this. And that, to me, really stands out. She packaged it up. Like, plastic wrap and all that.
1: That's,
2: that's dope. And it's just stuff like that, you know, like the little stories that really stand out to you when you're, you know, pursuing your career. That's it. Yeah.
0: Sell water to a well. Mm-hmm. Man.
1: Yeah, The the... Just my mom's hustle. I mean, we we don't uh, we don't talk about her enough, but she was our she is still is our family's matriarch. Like she's our family's foundation. She's a giant, and um, yeah, just her working hard, man. Like saving money, and she was cheap. Like us growing up, me and Richie and the family, we got nothing. Like I remember when Richie got started getting stuff because he was uh, a little younger than us, and by that time. We we're we we're starting to do okay, but when I me and John was growing up, we were in the hood and we got nothing, and so. But just seeing her, and my dad, like even though my dad, you know, shout out to my dad, he uh, he's around now still, and but he was kind of always in and out, so it was always like my mom was consistently pinching pennies, uh, trying her best to hold six kids together, still taking care of my sister in Vietnam, and uh, just seeing her work ethic and her consistency yeah yeah when it could have went really south right. really south it didn't you know right. yeah right. so that that's uh that's why i think that was a natural transition for richie and i to get into entrepreneurship because growing up our parents you know you come over from vietnam you don't have any education you don't even speak english you just have this this drive to to get to a better place, and that's what they did. They always opened businesses from the Chinese restaurant in mm-hmm. Arkansas that didn't make it after three years to um, landscaping businesses here in Seattle, and then and then um, the mobile catering truck. And that's that was that was our blessing. That was the one that got our whole family out of poverty. Absolutely. So that 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 little truck that can, <laughs> so, yeah.
0: But, but it's so dope to like the fact that your mom never worked for anyone else. And then y'all came over and figured out like from y'all, no, I'm not gonna work for anyone else either. Like I'm gonna go and get, get it out the mud and I'm gonna do it myself. And all of it is is, is completely legal, right? Like, cause it could have been the other way. Mm-hmm. Um, that's super dope. Your mom is still to this day, like one of my biggest inspirations, right? Like just to the point where watching how she raised all of y'all, like watching the times where like, we were all knuckleheads and getting in trouble, but your mom was just like, meh. Like, just watching her grind to all the stuff she did for the church, Mm -hmm. and like, man, like, look, first of all, shout out to your mom, Mm -hmm. (laughs) because she's super dope. So Richie, you get to California, David gives you the tools, Mm -hmm. you gotta build your own house. I remember you, like, shooting the videos yourself, editing the videos yourself, writing the scripts to the videos yourself, like, and having to come up with the stuff for yourself. Tell me about, like, that journey of, like, elevation to where you are now, to where, like, you have a whole solid team of folks Mm -hmm. who who help you run your business.
2: I mean, I mean, there's a learning curve. Uh, At first, I didn't really get it, and I was too concerned with, like, what was going on at home. I always, like, wanted to be back home and, I was wondering what my friends were doing all the time. And like, did I make the right move? And looking back at it, I'm like, man, you just moved to Cali. It wasn't like you moved across the world. (laughs) But to me, that was a big deal for some reason. Like, just leaving everything behind. And uh, yeah, it was a learning curve. And obviously, there was like a really, really, really broke times. I remember I had no car. I was trying to apply to like Arby's because it was just walking distance. I was trying to apply to Arby's, GameStop. I don't even know anything about video games, but because I, I ran out of the money that I had made selling my car. Uh, okay. um, uh, Asked Rango to borrow some money for a music video. like Stuff like that obviously really stands out to me and it was just a learning curve and I think looking back at it, I think that was probably the best way to go about it though. Like If I would have just had like 100k with me and I don't think I would have been as hungry. and. Mm, um, Good point. Yeah, so even like David and Andrew, I always said to myself, I'm never going to borrow money from them. Like as bad as it gets because I just want to hold my own. You know, I don't want to, I never wanted it to feel like they were pulling me along. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So yeah, you know, sometimes you have to edit yourself. I remember selling like a DSLR camera and I was like, man, this doesn't make any sense because I'm here trying to make videos selling my camera. You know what I mean? (laughs) Having to borrow cameras, you know,
0: did you ever get a Did you ever get a uh, full time or part time
2: job? Yeah, so at point point I had no money at all. Yeah, so I got a part time job at Nordstrom, <laughs> just to uh, start paying some uh, bills and um, video editing and everything. So I I worked at Nordstrom and I worked there for a whole summer, and it was really tough because you work at Nordstrom obviously all sing- all day long, and then at night you don't have any energy to make any videos. I was uh, back with my girlfriend at the time and I remember she said that you should not go back to Nordstrom, like I took a break. Mm-hmm. And she was saying, um, you know, if you do go back to Nordstrom's, let me know oh. and I'm gonna let you uh, borrow some money. Mm-hmm. I actually like Nordstrom though. Okay. <laughs> I still, I still, yeah, still I like some Nordstrom. I liked working there, it was fun.
0: What was your moment? Like what was the moment where, where YouTube became full time for you and, and what was it that, like, how did you get over that huh? Oh.
2: How I started clicking was uh, when I first started you in YouTube, a lot of the times we thought that what would be successful was like Vietnamese cultural content. Mm. And that's what I started off doing. And that's what David always like really stressed to me. Obviously, like the Asian angle, you got to represent Vietnamese. This is how you're going to make money. You got to be that representation. And obviously that had its place in time. It was when I started seeing a window for sneakers and clothing and advice. That's when I was like, man, this is what's really getting views. And this is what's really people want from me right now. So I kind of had to make the hard decision of like changing the guidance of David obviously and everything to just focus on and doubling down on the sneaker fashion lane. And that's when re things really started picking up and there's like a wave, you know, like the sneaker wave mm-hmm. sneakers at one point, like a few years ago where like everybody was talking about them. And- I just took advantage of something that I saw like an opportunity and that's when I really was like okay
1: this is this could be serious now. So, so Neek had a lot to do with your success because he helped you to those, <laughs> the Jordan. Yeah. Black Jordan yeah. back when you got you know like nine years is, old. You uh, know what's crazy?
2: Neek was gonna I was so scared to move down to LA you know when you're scared to do something you want someone to do it with you yeah, yeah. I wanted Neek really badly to uh, move to LA with me he had no business really to go to LA. Like, like, there was nothing really. Hey, I was trying to talk. I remember, and we were. I was like, "Yo, we're gonna talk about this really seriously." So we used to communicate through email, like breaking everything down. And I was reading through these emails, like probably like a year ago, and it's crazy. I was like really trying to talk him into it, and <laughs> I was like, "I don't know, man. I, I don't got money." Like, I don't know, like, <laughs> I was like, don't worry, we gotta live in Pasadena. Like, and I didn't have no idea what Pasadena was back then. I just knew it looked nice. And how old
1: were you when you are making this, like 20, this decision? This was like, when I was
2: like 23. 23. Yeah. Right after college. Yeah, Sick. right after college. And we had no money. And I, I remember I really went, I was so scared to go back, to go down there by myself.
0: Listen, I was thinking about it. I, I was definitely tempted. Yeah. Uh, And then it just, it, it just didn't add up. Yeah. Um, It didn't add up. But... At the same time, I was really pushing Richie to do it because I was like, "Listen, like, you have David and Andrew down there. Yeah, like you, you, you had a plan of what you wanted to do, and so it just made sense." Dude, like, you, you,
1: you was always like uh, Richie's um, future, and he was Rabbit in Eight Mile.
2: Yeah, for real, you future, bro. That's, that's yeah, a yeah, rabbit, yeah. bro. yeah. I would yeah. say that. No, like Dominic so really <laughs> had a big influence, like guidance. You know what I mean? Like even prior to moving down to LA, and I would make songs like. Dominique would like be the guy like true feedback wise or like just trying to even you try to shoot a music video. Yeah. First, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Nah I man, Richie Richie, uh Richie's my guy. And, and and vice versa, right? With everything that I do, I'm always, always and still to this day go to Richie. Richie, man, what do you think about this idea? And he'll be like, eh, maybe you should think about it like this. And like I I wholeheartedly appreciate that. What was the moment for you where you felt or do you feel comfortable with the like structure, the business, um, and all of that, do you feel like you have it together or is it still like, man, I still need to jump hurdle.
2: I don't think you ever feel like you're going to get it. Like, I don't ever think you feel like you have it 100% down pat, even right. if you have like a really good running system and everything. I think being an entrepreneur, you're always chasing for something, which is kind of weird, but, uh, what was the question? So like, um, how can I frame this? What am I
0: trying to say here? <laughs>
2: she's like do I feel like I made it so like
0: do you feel like you made it
2: yeah uh, I know there's a lot of blessings I know that you know I have came up I yeah. feel like you know but I don't feel like I've made it I think when I feel like I've made it is when I've done something like incredible where like it just changed the world in a sense you know what I mean and mm-hmm. I don't think I'm there yet but I do see the influence, and I do see how many people watch the videos and how much it's helped people. And but no, I don't, I don't feel like. I made so it. the clothing.
0: Mm-hmm. How did you come into that and like speak about? Because uh, you and I have had conversations, but speak about like the influence and the importance of you doing your own clothing, and maybe like was there some fear there? Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh,
2: clothing to me was always like really big. I've always been in clothing just as much as sneakers. And um, for myself I knew if I ever wanted to start a clothing line, I knew I couldn't just come out with your traditional screen print tees. I always saw this growing up and anytime I saw a company come out with a clothing company and it just has designs on their t-shirt, I'm like, what are you thinking? Like Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. How are people gonna like your, like buy a shirt for your logo? You know, they don't even like know your brand yet and everything and um and I was just like, if I'm gonna come out with a clothing line, I would want it to be this way. All right. And that's exactly what uh, my friend Tan and I did. It was crazy how it came about. We were just sitting at Foot Locker. And you know, a lot of people tell you like, hey, I, I can help you out with clothing if you ever want to do it, but you know, nothing happens from it. And I remember we were sitting at Foot Locker and this guy who could barely speak English came up to me. He's like, hey, I- I- I, uh, my-, my family back in China does uh, a lot of clothing manufacturing. And I'm like, what? And so we got his contact, did some back and forth, and that's how the whole clothing line came about. Um, yeah. Just met him at Foot Locker. Before that though, we were working with people. I remember like trying to source some clothes from Afghanistan <laughs> And it was just not coming out how yeah. we were <laughs> like. That's crazy. They're not known for manufacturing clothes. Right. So no. That's weird. That's crazy And yeah. then obviously Tam with the food truck. Yeah, which
0: is is there was there a connection a family connection there with the food truck?
2: Like him opening that because yeah. of us? Family. Uh he asked questions and i'm the one that uh provided the truck like the connection to buy the truck nice but um i think he saw the wave of like you know just the hipster food truck and how much money can be made and he had other influencers as well but it wasn't just because of my family he wouldn't have wanted to do it right we presented he the truck that he bought had a route though it had like a more traditional route where you're not like selling hipster food you're selling just more traditional fries and burgers yeah but he didn't want it he was like nah. Who yeah, wants to sell Sh- that fifteen dollar bows? Shout
0: out. <laughs> Shout out to Slide Through Food Truck. Uh, but speak of, speak about that too. Like because you came back to Seattle, grab Tan, yeah. grab Johnny. Like speak about the importance of doing that and like just that connection to like mm-hmm. these are my homies. They're Vietnamese too. Yeah. Um, and this is this is some different side.
2: I think when I moved back I was it could have either went really south or really upwards when I moved down. Um, when I moved back to Seattle after LA, that's like the point where you're like, okay, I can make this a living or I could go back to a nine to five. And I remember just being really serious about it. David was telling me, don't underestimate how serious you need to be about it. I remember telling Tan and Jonry, like a lot of the times when you see me, it's just going to be when we're working. Let's try to make work mm. fun. Let's try to film ourselves talking. We're going to talk about the NBA. Film it. You know what I mean? People might think it's funny. So we started like our own... Um, talking segment, and I think they just really had my back too, like, I'm not gonna they really, like helped me to where I'm at today for sure like, their personality and just their support, there was always like, you know like, even if something was whack, they would like even if something's, if you come out with something whack, you always need a friend that tells you it's tight, like, you just, you need need (laughs) someone that tells you it's whack, but you also need that one friend that just is down no matter what and I think they were really down no matter what yeah, and I owe a big part of my success to those two
0: yeah. Nice. And you, can you talk about the deal that you just you signed? It's your big, big deal.
2: Oh, yeah. talking
1: numbers, we talking...
0: Um, <laughs> no, I mean, we ain't got to talk numbers. And, I don't want to get in your pocket. but
1: I want to I um, take a step back and uh, just let everyone know how hard it was the decision for mm-hmm. Richie to, to take that uh, leap of faith because I was in it, right? He was 22, 23, just got done with college and he said, hey, I'm going after this dream mom. Really, is was on our mom. And she's yeah. like... She was pissed. She was like, no, you're not. I, I didn't, I didn't come all the way from Vietnam to just have you go make some videos on YouTube. <laughs> How you going <laughs> to yourself, right? Uh-huh. And, you know, he's, a, he's the youngest one, right? So he's, he's always going to still be... That's my mom's like baby, right? Yeah. Now, he's, now he's a young man. Um, but, you know, my mom at the time was really worried because she's like... You know, and then there was... The, People don't know the, the 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 struggle and hard work and the long nights you put in that that it took to get there, and now they see the success and they thought it was like an overnight thing. Right. And I was there with Richie. I saw, you know, the hard decision he made. He almost didn't make the decision because my mom and some of my more conservative siblings were saying, "Go take the safe route, right?" You, I remember he was talking to me about it, and I was, I, I'm more of a risk taker. I'm a more entrepreneur, and. And uh, I just told him, you know, go for it, you know, because I was in entertainment, and I, I really enjoyed that ride. And Weren't if, you
2: considering moving down to L.A. at one point? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: to uh, yeah. to to do the promoting thing bigger. And uh, and so Richie, you know, he made a really hard decision. I remember for the first two, three years, he was struggling. Yeah. He was borrowing money. He didn't have, like, a nice place to live. My mom was always like, hey, move back, move back, move back. Mm. And he was like just a little bit more he, he was pretty close at that t- point but i felt like he was gonna give up and come back because it was mm-hmm. so hard you got right? mm-hmm. your young man living in la that broke right. and you just had the dream and your mom which is like a, a traditional asian mom is all about like you know school and and uh being a doctor a lawyer or, mm-hmm. or right. make something of yourself and so we forget that right. um that that but he made the right decision you know right. he's definitely uh He's in a good place. Awesome. Yeah. I think
2: uh, for her, and understandably too, uh, she just didn't understand how the hell are you going to make money? Right. Like, to her, it just looked like kind of like silly videos, obviously. And right. Foreign <laughs> times. Up. Yeah. And I don't blame her for that. Obviously, like, to me, it was even foreign. And I'm in this stuff. Yeah. Uh, David's really the one that like, well, this is how you're going to get money. You know what I mean? Okay. Um But Yeah. To and her, I, I think she was like, "What is going on?" She's
0: like, "I grinded." Yeah. <laughs>
2: you know what? When, when I felt like I kind of made it yeah. is uh, prior to moving down to LA. She used to always watch this uh, channel, SBTN, yeah. the Saigon Broadcasting Television <laughs> Network. It's like this Vietnamese channel. Yes. All her friends have it. Diana's mom watches it like like every day. It's like MTV. You know, obviously for them or yeah. whatever. And I had got I had an interview on there and I was like damn I made it like to my mom I made it cause it was the biggest platform uh, to her you know like that's what meant a lot to her and it was like I had a full you know 45 minute length interview with like you know the main person and that's I was like yep Thank that's, you. Like, <laughs> hey, so that, that bought me some time. Oh, okay.
1: I was going to say, that wasn't enough. She was like, no, I know you were on that, the channel, and you had the interview. Listen,
0: mm-hmm. that's dope. That's super dope. Yeah. That's super dope. Talk about your grind, like, with Warring Properties.
1: Yeah. So, when I got out of, uh, promoting, I had to do something. I, you know, I never finished college. I, I started college, but I never finished it, and I barely graduated high school. It took me, like, Five years, and it was, you know, I barely graduated. So then, I, I had limited options. You know, I, all I knew was a promoter, and you know, being a promoter was like being a drug dealer. I felt <laughs> it was a weird thing, right? I was dealing, I was dealing hope and and fun and drinks to people, <laughs> but it was my whole identity was tied into it. Like I felt like I was you know Rango the promoter and that's why people knew me and respected me. I didn't know like if I'm not promoting then who would I be, you know? Mm-hmm. And I you know there was a lot of ego that was tied to it so I was like what am I going to do? Yeah. And it was so hard and even now you'll meet some older promoters that are still in the game after like 20 or 30 years mm-hmm. and they cuz they don't know what else to do. That was their whole identity. Right. But you know after uh Pete got shot, I knew that that was like a, I had to get out, I had to do something. So I was like, what am I gonna do where, I didn't have to go back to school for a long time, mm-hmm. where I can still hustle, I had a uh, big network, I could still tap into that network. And then it was natural for uh, me to think about real estate. So I got in, and it was tough. The first year, I thought I was gonna get my license and just and just really come up in real estate be- uh, because I was, I was a really successful promoter. And like riding a bike all over again, it was you have to earn your stripes in your first year. So I had to work. I had to get back on the catering truck. So that's where you know, because I had to make money. I wasn't promoting no more, and real estate hadn't got off the ground. So I worked on the truck from five in the morning to two.
2: Would you say that was like a big shot? Here you go. Yeah. Making out yeah. this money promoting. Now you're back on the coach truck, the uh, Roach truck.
1: Yeah, the Roach Coach. That's what roach That was the nickname for it, the Roach Coach. And I hated that name when we pulled up. They are like, the Roach Coach is here. Oh, no. Oh, I hated that name. Yeah, it was it was a humbling experience. And I really, actually, I really enjoyed that time when I worked there because I saw how much blessing that truck was to our family at that point. Right, right now, I'm older, 27, mm. t- 26, 27. And so I got into real estate. And um, I was a just you know my, a regular real estate agent. I worked for somebody for the first two years, and after um, a year of doing real estate full time and working on the truck full time, my second year in real estate, I, I did um, I got I got off the catering truck because now I got money,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and so I started doing real estate full time my second year, and then the entrepreneur spirit came in, and um, I started my own real estate company my third year, and now the original name of it was Warren Properties. Mm-hmm. And that's
2: what like, I'm talking about. That's when I'm talking about being on the catering truck and you had that idea.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's where, that's the only time Richie and I really overlapped working on the catering truck. Yeah. And, uh, I guess. Oh yeah. I got inspired. I like, yeah. I was working on there. Yeah. Yeah. You right were
0: waking before. up hella early. 4.35,
2: uh, man. Yeah. Don't give ourselves too much. I was late all the time. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> I remember. I, I, I pushed that catering truck to. Miles per hour levels, you don't want to push a truck <laughs> just to we're make food. it to our
1: first spot. Man, my mom was pissed. Yeah, mama always be pissed every time I, we were late in the morning. <laughs> I was always late.
0: That's hilarious. One properties was in the ID. Yeah, in Chinatown.
1: Chinatown, Seattle. Yeah. Um,
0: but now you're, you're, y'all are in uh, you're, you're in Bellevue.
1: Yeah, so we we just did this uh, big deal with Century Twenty One. Yes. So, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's thank you, thank you, thank you. a big deal. Yeah, big deal. It's, I know you. have
2: been talking for that, about that for
1: a while. Yeah, it's a big blessing. So, yeah, we. Uh, so we were independent for nine years as Warden Properties, right? Independent, where it's like moms and pops set up limited resources. Limited means just, just grinding, sweating. You know, doing your best, right? Because you're not backed up by corporate or anything. Mm, yeah. And then, um, and we, we started doing really good. And then we got the attention of uh, a couple of real estate brand, big franchises that, you know, they, they come around, they they wanna partner or buy smaller independent companies. That's how they grow. And then, so they approached me about two years ago and started uh, letting me see underneath the hood of everything they do. And then everything made sense after looking at a couple other brands and feeling out those guys. And so we brokered the deal about two months ago, uh, 2018. And uh, you know, I felt like we were already in a really good place. At the time, we, we we had three offices, 100 brokers. And remember, we got there with limited means. Like when I first started Warren Properties, I had like $50 in my pocket and like a dream. Wow. That's wow. all I had, right? And uh, just from there, now getting to 100 brokers and three offices, that's that we were probably the, one of the biggest independent real estate companies in this region. Mm. And but now, now you just pulled poured gasoline onto the fire of what I was we were doing before. So now we just got all this backing with corporate and all these system and tools and resources and branding, advertisement that we would have never gotten. Yeah. And uh, it's a it's a big blessing. We're, I'm really excited about the next uh, ten years what, what's going to happen. Yeah,
0: that's what's yeah. up. Let's yeah. Speak. And so before we close, speak about that. What's What's,
1: what does the future hold? What's for next? You? What's next for you and you and You know, it's keep on doing what we're doing. We want to grow. They, they, Century Twenty One. They're the biggest real estate company in the world. They're the biggest. They, but they've been neglecting the Pacific Northwest as in the, the market mm-hmm. share. Mm-hmm. So then that's why they they picked. Uh, us to kind of be their flagship company to really do a lot of, they call it M&As, mergers and acquisitions, mm-hmm. to go off and uh, buy other companies and partner up with other real estate companies so we can grow. So I'm really excited about that. So we're, we're going to do a lot of that this year and next year. And, and then I'm, I also like developing and investing in real estate. So I am going to uh, make more time to build and develop because um, that's, you know, doing real estate, is it will make you, it will create you a comfortable lifestyle just being in the real estate industry, but owning real estate will make you wealthy, mm-hmm. and everybody knows that. So, just just you know, making it happen.
0: And I would be remiss if I didn't ask any tips for soon-to-be home buyers who are looking at this market. Like, what the hell?
1: Yeah, it's Ooh. get used to camp't
0: Hey, first of all, shout out to Kent because back in the day, folks from Seattle would be like, "Oh man, you, you from Kent?" And now, now, now no folks, hey, folks in Seattle, like, yo, man, I hope they give. I hope I can get in this place in Kent. Like,
1: <laughs> yeah, man, it's we're, we're we're probably the hottest market in the nation right now. Dude, We've, right. We we gone up twelve percent in the last twelve months yeah. in this region, and people are starting to not be able to. To reach and buy these homes because they're so expensive now. Oh, and mm-hmm. so, any advice I have for any soon to be homeowners is get in. I-, I think you're okay. Just get in, reach, stretch a little bit, get something that you're comfortable paying, your monthly mortgage amount, and get in because I think it's going to continue going up. Absolutely. If people came out asking me what do I think the market's going to go, and I-, I look at it like San Francisco and-, and Napa Valley prices here in the next five, six years. And I could be wrong, but I. I could be right also because that's where it's going. It's and not
0: slowing down.
1: I mean, just looking at down. the trends, yeah. yeah, yeah it's
2: not, it's it's not okay. slowing well, our,
1: down. Our tech industry here is so strong. That's what drove Napa and Silicon Valley yeah. and the Bay. Yeah. And, you know, we're between there and we're between Vancouver, BC, which is a really Green hot BC. market, too. Yeah. So it, that that pushes our prices sky high. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's going to be hot. If you can get in, get in and uh, you won't regret it. Or, you know, just. Maybe move farther out, like Mm -hmm. uh, Auburn, there's some good potentials. Everett, you you still get a good deal. Tacoma. Tacoma. Um, (laughs) Shout out to Tacoma. Shout out to Spanaway. Tacoma. I think even
2: Tacoma's getting (laughs) crazy. Crazy. Olympia. Right. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, man, get in where you fit in.
0: (laughs) Um, And then, Richie, what's next for you?
2: Just try to get a million subscribers. Uh, Try to take the clothing to the next level. I think really try to continue putting my friends in positions where they can make money mm-hmm. um, and see them come up as well and build their online personalities and whatever else they want to do and support them. And,
0: yeah. You're at 800, 700 and something thousand? About 800. Listen, let's, let's get it there. Let's yeah. get it in there. So if you haven't cool. if you haven't subscribed to Richie Lee's YouTube channel, just do it. Go scri- subscribe to your friends, your little siblings, <laughs> uh, there's some real life advice there. Get your fashion up. Uh, Cause my fashion That's where I get All my fashion tips from I got my backpack Cause Richie said Go get that backpack <laughs> <laughs> I guess.
1: What, what shirt are you wearing Right now?
0: Oh you know This is from The Richie Lee collection <laughs> nice. It's that OG Underneath I've never know. seen Someone style it With a blazer
1: Hey You
0: feel me? Yeah, hey, hey, hey hey yeah. I mean,
1: we didn't plan that. that we both thing. got a shirt on. You see me? Did you see me? <laughs> that was an act- that, that was, was a nice of, accent. Kind of, oh my <laughs> <laughs> Rapid. Rapid. <laughs> and, and can I add one last piece before yeah. we close? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think uh, um, we forget too that, you know, us growing up, we 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 got a lot of people that loved us and supported us and gave moment. to us when we had nothing. Mm-hmm. I remember when we were living the housing projects, there were these people that just came around gave us free christmas presents every year and we were housing kids we never got anything especially from our parents and they just dropped off like really nice presents to us and and then even my mom like she always had a big heart growing up she always like fed housing kids where their parents were not home all day long she was like hey come in you know evening time i'll give you a meal you know so that all and she always helped out at our church and sponsored like families that just came over from vietnam to live with us you know for a couple months for sure so that was a big influence on me growing up, and so you know, I, I always like to give back to the community, Absolutely. and so as we're we're um, getting blessed, you know, I always you know I always make it a point to support like you know the homeless and um, at-risk youth, and yeah. um, so we're we're always giving back like you know community yeah. events and stuff like that. So uh, you know, I, I encourage everyone, even yeah. when you don't have. You know, if you feel like you don't have, just do what you can, you yeah. know, just give, your time. give a smile, right. give your time. And, you know, the the world works where I always hear, like, let's say somebody wants to be really successful financially, for example. Mm-hmm. Right. Give what you you want. So if you want to be more successful or or health or whatever, or more money, you even though you have little give it and leave, have your hands be open. Now you're open to receive that more because you're giving what you want. Mm-hmm. And I think we all should make the community a better place, especially right now in this yeah. um, the, the world we're in politically and stuff and there's all this weird division going on that yeah. mm-hmm. you know we should you know things like this these kind of podcasts you know Richie's story my story you guys' story exactly. it really brings a community together and, and uh, help us remember what's what's important which yes, is so uh, so. you know each other and, you know?
0: and I would be remiss if I didn't say shout out to moms who retired off the food truck oh, yeah. and gave it to the sibling who was in Vietnam with yeah. grandma who came back with her family like that Man, that that portion of the story is super dope that like the the food truck is still running. Um and just yeah, like just that that the circle. They can't full yeah, circle,
1: circle, circle
0: yeah. Full yes. circle. Yes yes. Thank y'all.
2: Yeah, thank Thanks, you. man. we appreciate it. School yes. telling the story. Obviously, you know, we're not doing this uh podcast like we made it or anything. We're just yeah. you know, we're still on the journey, I think. And Absolutely. It. Every uh Everybody's still on their journey. And right,
0: that's it. Yeah, I mean, still trying to and figure it out. And yeah. so our big, our big thing this season is the last season we we interviewed like artists and folks who were doing entrepreneurship on like after their nine to five and on weekends trying to figure it out. And this season is more so folks who took that leap of faith and are ten toes in. Uh, into entrepreneurship in hopes to inspire the folks from the last season. And so, thank y'all. So, yeah, man, I'm sure folks will, will be super inspired listening to this. So, thank you. Thank
1: you. Yes. Thank you.
2: Yes. yes. If you liked what you heard, be sure to donate so we can keep going. We are on SoundCloud, iTunes, and YouTube. So, be sure to subscribe, rate, and comment. You have no idea how much it helps. We also wanna know what you think. You can hit us up on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and you can even use the hashtag NoBlueprint. And if you're really down with the movement, you can join our Patreon account and become a patron, where you'll get exclusive content and limited edition merchandise. NoBlueprint is powered by Ambassador Stories. We share stories of the people, places, and spaces that bring soul to our communities. NoBlueprint is recorded at Ambassador Stories Studios and co-produced with me, Maya Aina. Hear more episodes
1: of No Blueprint and get official No Blueprint merchandise at NoBlueprintPodcast.com.